Did you have a good weekend? I did. Yep. Uh, had an opportunity to take the uh, family away for a few nights. So that was nice. Went down to uh, old Dirty Myrtle. Dirty and, Myrtle. Uh, yeah. It was a interesting experience. One-year-old and a almost four-year-old. It's never really a vacation, but um, it, it was good. It was actually pretty good. You know, when they uh, both sleep through the night, you can actually uh, enjoy yourself for a few minutes every now and then. So where did you actually go? Because, like, we have our shared calendars. Right, right. And I can and see that you're staying at this place, and then I go and I look at your calendar on Monday, or it's on my calendar, I don't look at yours specifically, but and I see that you're staying somewhere else, but still on top of the other one. Overlapped on top of yeah, each exactly. other. Yeah, So funny story, uh, you know, we went to this place that we stayed at last year, and we said, hey, that place was great, let's do it again. Um, and upon check-in, of course, you know, it's winter. I mean, it's it's not nice enough to go out on the beach and, and use the ocean or outside pools, so... Um, Anyways, we specifically went there because they had an indoor pool. Well, couldn't find out. It's under renovations, out of nowhere, just kind of a, a sudden happening. And, and uh, we said, well, what the hell do we do now? You know, I mean, what are we going to do? Just sit in our hotel rooms, you know, for the next three, four days? Um, anyways, jumped on my uh, little handy-dandy hotels app and, and uh, used some of my points up over at another hotel right down the road and, and did a, a cheap little room over there that we could use our pools for two days. So... You should have seen my four-year-old. She had no idea what in the world we were doing, going back and forth between these two rooms for uh, for two or three days. But, hey, it all worked out. Yeah, I could imagine being confused, just like going all over the place. Yeah, I just had no idea. But I'll tell you what, I'm pretty sure I had the most fun going there because they had four water slides that oh, were, yeah. like, legit water slides. <laughs> I went down the first one. All indoor? All indoor, yeah. I went down the first one and completely airborne. I woke up the next morning and I looked at my wife and I said, I, I'm pretty sure I'm sore from going down that. <laughs> Does that mean I'm getting old? Yeah, yeah. Well, you heard it. Oh, if I can get there. Not let me. Remote's not working. You heard it here first, folks. You want to live lavish vacations and stay in two rooms at the same time, just start an agency. Let's get into the show. <laughs> Episode two. Yeah, here we are. I'm excited. How did you feel episode one went? I think it was good. You know, uh, like I think I mentioned this uh, after our first episode. I mean, you guys are uh, are so familiar with all of all of this equipment. I mean, with various different things that you do outside of Red Shark and, and at Red Shark. But, um, you know, really just getting used to the setup, which is just awesome. I mean, we this happens so quick, and the guys just put everything together in, in such an awesome way. You know, it's just getting comfortable using the equipment. Right. Um, I let some people listen to it, <coughs> a few people, only like three, because I'm not sharing anything right now until we have like three episodes, because yeah, can't be on iTunes until we do. But most of them enjoyed it, and the ones who didn't said that it was just because I talked too much. And I was like, <laughs> y'all are my friends. What else is new? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this is you knew what you're getting to. And my face was on it. Um, but I think it was good. I think overall, it's like find yeah. our rhythm. It's yep. gonna be great. Um, we've got some other things coming. If you're listening, it's gonna it's only gonna get better. I'm excited about this one. I think it'll be good. Yeah. So this week we're gonna be talking about imposter syndrome, part one. Okay. Um, this is gonna be helping us define imposter syndrome, and then helping us self-identify with the types of imposter syndrome. Oh, fun! And then episode two, we will be discussing after we've got this new knowledge, this newfound understanding of imposter syndrome. We will be discussing 
times in our life that we've experienced it and grew past it. Okay, very good. All right. So let's well, start with the What definition. is it? What is imposter syndrome? Yeah, I've got one here, and if, I think you've got a couple. But imposter syndrome, also known as imposter phenomenon, imposterism, fraud syndrome, or the imposter experience, is a psychological pattern in which one doubts one's accomplishments and has a persistent, un-internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Despite external evidence of their competence, those experiencing this phenomenon remain convinced that they are frauds and do not deserve all they have achieved. Is that uh, Webster's? This is Wikipedia. Wikipedia? Okay. All right. That's good. uh, Took it back to to high school. (laughs) Um, So I've got... uh, just a, a more of a shortened version, I guess. The idea that you've only succeeded due to luck and not because of your talent or qualifications, um, really an overall collections of inadequacy feelings despite evidence of success. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting when, you know, you, you just even define what it is and it starts to open your mind of, oh, wow, yeah. you know, <laughs> there's a term for that. and And not only a term for that, but it's a... Um, you know, I, what we're going to go into here is, is how do we, the different types of it and how do you yeah. even begin to identify it to, to then be able to label it something. Reading through some of these, it felt like I was reading a horoscope. Like it, <laughs> like it knew more about me than I knew about myself. Wow. Which I think would be a fun episode in the future for us to, um, do the Enneagram test. Yeah, for sure. And it's it might explain a lot of things. Who that's knows? true. You never know. Um, it's really interesting because you, um, you don't actually realize how many people have experienced this. And, yeah. and it's, uh, you know, from doing the research on it, it's very, it seems to have been a perception that it's been very heavy on the female side. But in all reality, and I think you've actually got a really cool stat to share, um, it's, it's actually not. Right. So there's a stat that 70% of Americans experience some sort of imposter syndrome, even if they don't know about it. When, they're, when their eyes are open to what it is, they can identify with it. There's also a stat, or there was this preconceived notion up until about 2016, 2017, from what I can find, <clears throat> that women were the main ones that struggled with this or were at least the most open about it. But here recently, in as early as, or yeah, as, as far back as early 2019, late 2018, um, studies were showing that it's actually more prevalent in men than in women. Wow. But though we can talk about this at the end or either or even next week. I mean, next episode, but it uh, it shows the it shows a lot of stats about women and how it affects their job hunt. Like it's the they they consider imposter syndrome the female career killer. Wow! Because one of the items is um, like men statistically, as long as they satisfy sixty to seventy percent of all job requirements for what they're trying to the job they're applying for, they will apply and. Um, just go for it. They, the confidence is there. Just take the just risk. Go for it. Right, yeah. exactly. But with, which is also part of imposter syndrome. <clears throat> but then there's the female side where most females won't actually apply for a job unless they satisfy every single requirement on the sure. listing. So, what, well, I mean, what attributes to that? I mean, what is it? Is it, are you saying that, you know, males take more risks than females in general? I mean, is it a, what? Yeah, well, some, I mean, with some, it depends on who you ask, I guess. Some probably would say the male ego and arrogance and sure. male-dominated world think they can succeed. Sure. Um, some might would say that, I mean, there's, we can get to it. I mean, when we get to them, I'll, yeah. I'll put a pin in it, okay. pull it out okay. when we get to these specific types of imposter syndrome. But 
there's a lot of it that comes down to like if they don't meet every requirement, they can't do it. And when it comes into like yeah. you're only as good as your accolade, you're only as good as your certification, you're constantly seeking more. If you're not at that point, like internally, you've told yourself that if you're not, if you don't satisfy everything, you haven't accomplished anything. Right. I actually, I think it's really interesting that um, the the stat you just shared, the seventy percent of people. Um, after going through this and doing all the research, I find it hard to believe that it's not nearly a hundred percent. Yeah, and, and you know, or I kind of think the other thirty percent are are uh, are telling a fib about it. Right. To be honest with you, but um, one uh, one quote I'll share that uh, I came across uh, the the famous Maya Angelou. Um, she's famously said, "I've written eleven books, but each time I think, uh oh, they're gonna find out now. I've run a game on everybody, and they're gonna find me out." Right. So, yeah, you know, obviously with all of her uh, accomplishments and, and accolades over the years, I mean, for somebody like that and on their on their 11th one of, of just, you know, obviously full-on success and still having those feelings, it's it's interesting to, to see that. She was in the news uh, recently, yesterday. Really? What's today, Friday? She was in the news Thursday about um, they were voting for a post office to be named after her. Oh, wow. And several... Several certain party Congress people voted against it, and those names were like plastered everywhere. You know how they do. Oh like yeah. When, oh yeah. When a certain group of names all vote against something, it's like remember these names on voting day. Yeah. It's basically yep. the same thing. But it's interesting. You read a quote. And I just read a news article. Did about she it. have any? Uh, did she say anything in that article? Was it? Was there any opinion or statement or Mm-mm. anything from? No. Her? This was just like this was just like a quick little blurb yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> it just made me think. You know. Oh, wow. You know. She. You know. Just the. The thought of, uh, you know, exactly a post office. I mean, that's right. a, that's a huge deal, right? That is a very huge deal. So <clears throat> we've got the types of imposter syndrome, and we we have questions to help people identify. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on each one of these, but we are going to kind of like test ourselves and see where we've been. So Chris and I are going to bounce back and forth between these five, but we'll read them all first. Types of imposter syndrome. We have, and one of these I completely completely relate to just so you know okay like it's it's like to a t who i am um so let's do this let's you can guess after i read these five you guess which one you think it is and we'll see if you're right when we get to it all right shoot all right the perfectionist major goals met with failure followed by self-doubt the super woman slash man doing everything when even they don't have to the natural genius who quickly excels at everything they touch Without much hard work, so the playing off the luck you mentioned. The soloist who believes they can do it better than themselves, or they can do it better than anyone else, so they do it on their own because they've been they they seemingly think others are going to let them down. And then the expert who simply knows who simply feels like they have to know everything before they can accomplish anything. Which wow. is what I, that's the one I was talking about with the with the female side of things. I see. Okay. Well, um those are all good ones. I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to dive into these. So Perfectionist, superwoman, superman, natural genius, the soloist, or the expert. How would I label Spencer Bunting? Your guess for who? Which my one my I best guess, I guess. Self-identify not, not, with. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, that's that's tough. I I would be mixed between two and three: Superman and and natural genius. Okay. Um, you know, I've uh, <laughs> probably leaned towards the natural genius on this one. I mean, it's just it's kind of the uh, persona, I guess, in general. Okay, and um, so I'm, it's it's a rigged game because I've already read all these, but I would say, aside from the first question, I would say you're the perfectionist. Okay, 
when right. we get there because right. I don't think you do that. Yep. <clears throat> um, okay, so let's hop into it. I'll start. I'll take the first one. The perfectionist. These are questions you can ask yourself or answer to yourself if you're listening. You can answer these questions to yourself, and you'll be able to tell if you identify with this type of imposter syndrome or not. And then when you are researching this on your own or you're listening to the next episode where we talk even more in depth about it, you'll be able to uh, learn a little bit more about how to cope with it and come out of it. Sure. Have you ever been accused of being a micromanager? I honestly, I, and I, as you just mentioned, I truly have never been accused of that. Yeah, I, yeah. I've, I went through that actually in a variety of jobs over the years and, and uh, before doing any of this, and I, I just despised it. I mean, it, there's moments where it's, it's right, but in general, short answer to that, no. Right. Yeah, I agree. That's like we've worked together almost four years now, and I don't think that's what it is. Um, I was actually incorrect. It's not the perfectionist that I was going to put for you. Plot anyway, twist. Anyway, we'll just keep going. Or it'll come back to me. Do you have great difficulty delegating, even when you're able to do so? So you feel frustrated and dis. Do you feel frustrated and disappointed in the results when you do delegate? Uh, you know, I. It takes you some time to figure out how to delegate. Uh, you know the old saying, "Delegate to elevate." Um, it it took a while to figure that out uh, for me personally. But you know, after you do, I would say that I would only feel frustrated when I felt like it wasn't good enough. And this kind of actually, it's funny. You know, playing into the perfectionist role, it's like, okay, well, how do you define how do you define that that uh, level of when is it good enough? And it doesn't have to be perfect, and it's okay to be satisfied with it uh, at at the point that it that it is. So, um, I, I guess you know I probably still have have a little bit of that today when it's like you ask for something or whatever it may be, and it's or you delegate it out and you don't get it back to the level of what you thought it could have been, and you get you know you feel frustrated and and kind of let down or whatnot about it, and you want to kind of take it back your own and just do it yourself. Right, and uh, so I deal with that this particular thing and most people that we work with and that I've worked with outside of the agency can attest to that. However, I've worked, I've worked recently with trying to adopt the principle of done is better than perfect and not in a, not in a let's not do good work way, but in a let's get something done to keep momentum going because if we don't, yep. our perfectionism is going to kill us. Yep. So next would be when you miss, when you miss the insanely high mark on something, do you accuse yourself of not being cut, not being cut out for your job and ruminate on it for days? I don't think so. I mean, it's just that's one of those you just gotta you gotta keep moving forward. Can't land a plane on a runway that's behind you. You gotta right. keep moving forward. <clears throat> yep. And then the last one for the perfectionist: Do you feel like your work must be one hundred percent perfect one hundred percent of the time? Yes and no. I mean, you know, you want it to be, but this goes back to, you know, a conversation we have a lot with uh, with the team and, and some people that, um, you know, may not be as quick as others. And it's kind of, a, of, you know, they're trying to perfect it and make sure that it's adequate enough. And I think there's an underlying fear of it not being adequate enough right. um, and, and perceived in, in a way that it's it's not good enough. So they, they continually try to perfect it and don't necessarily know. When is it done? You know, when do I stop? When is this good enough? Um, Again, back on the done is better than perfect. That's right. Or if you, I guess this could be something that could apply to agency owners, which is what this whole thing is for. <coughs> Excuse me, frog in my throat this morning. Uh, it is 
helping your team understand that while the solution we're taking may not be the perfect solution, it's a solution that solves a problem. Right. So, like, we had a conversation. I had a conversation with the, uh, one of the devs this week, uh, last week, actually. And I had heard from my office, I had heard this person and our project manager talking for about a good 45 minutes about basically the same thing. And I, I walked in there, and I was like, look, I keep hearing the same thing. Like, I keep hearing it. Like, do you know how to fix this? Well, yeah, yeah. I'm like, why aren't you fixing it? He was like, and he said, well, I'm not doing it because this, this, this. I was like, it doesn't matter. Like, client asks for the X. If you can solve X, solve it. If client has to deal with one, two, and three, it's basically just like these are your steps. It's not yeah. like a sacrificing anything. Sure. They have to do it a certain way. I was like, that's fine. That's what training's for. But we've spent 45 minutes talking about nothing. Just do it. <laughs> and I told the project manager, I was like, get out of here so they can get it done. Like, yep. just, you know, figuring out, like, if it may not be perfect, like it may not be exactly the way everything's been and perfect, but if it's done and it keeps you, like you said, moving forward, you're good. That's right. Yep. Cool. All right. So right. next one, number two, superwoman super slash man. Okay. Take it away. Well, let's uh, let's see here. So first question: Do you stay later at the office than the rest of your team, even past the point that you've completed a day's necessary work? Well, that's definitely <laughs> me. That's me. Um, yeah. So I will. I'll finish the day of work, and then I will find something else to do. I cannot tell the audience how many times I've had to walk into your office and say, go home. Yeah. Be done. Go home. You know, and it's uh, it's we can dig deeper into that. No, just go home and work. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, you know, well, that didn't accomplish anything. I guess I was able to lock the office up, but – you How know. many times have you left with me here and came back and I was still here? Oh, that's true. Yeah. And, uh, and at that point, I've shoved you out of the office, go home, take a shower, and, yeah, and yeah. come back at this point. We have a shower in our office now. We're oh, we bu- do now, yeah. We're bougie. So some of our employees, they work out before they come here. And do they really? <laughs> take a shower. Have they, have they broken it in yet? Yeah, one or two, I think. Okay. I'm glad it's getting some use. All right, so next question. Uh, next one, do you have a great difficulty delegating even when you're able to do so do you feel frustrated and disappointed oh i'm reading uh i'm reading the second bullet point for the first one sorry about that do you get stressed when you're not working and find downtime completely wasteful yes 100 percent. yeah i love i so i love tv i love tv more than i like movies i really like like docuseries and real life tv like anything on history discovery or things or Nat, Nat geo but when I, I cannot sit and watch them without reading, like reading something to learn, do something better, making something we have better, replying to emails. Yeah, I just. Sure. Yeah, so what is it? Is it just background noise to you, but it's it's educational background noise? Yeah, it's kind of like a blend of like I'm half paying attention to this, half doing this. Okay. It's interesting. Yeah. It's never like, it's never client work, really, when I'm sitting at home watching TV. But it a lot of times can be um, emails or team updates or project right. management stuff and but it does feel like feels almost like man I wasted a day. I've gotten a lot better about it recently cuz I've like intentionally told myself like on Saturdays I don't work on projects. Right. I'll, I'll answer emails, I'll talk on Slack, I'll do Monday, but I don't work on projects on Saturdays. And there was a long time when I would be in the office, you know, it's like 2 months when I was in the office 12 hours on a Saturday. Yeah. You know, but it's so that's a that's a big... That's true. What about on vacation? Uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, on vacation, I check. So it's hard for me because I'm, I'm big on the work-life balance. You know, that's really important to wow. me, Chris. Wow. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but I will 
what I'll do is I think of that as like I can check my email for 45 minutes in the morning and be available to the team from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. and then enjoy the rest of my day and then check my email from, you know, 5.30 to 6.30 sure. or whatever. When I'm when you're at the beach or the mountains or whatever you're doing on your vacation, typically you have a few different, like, moments in a day where it's like, oh, what do I do now? You yep. know, like, yep. and... You can only sit on the beach for so long. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also, it's worth it for me to spend an hour to an hour and a half of my time doing very simple just upkeep work than to spend the day before I come back or when I come back four or five hours just completely stressed yeah, because sure. hundreds of emails. Yep. Yep. That's what... I get that. That's the main thing. But vacation, that. I still work. Okay. Good. Uh, next one here. Have you left your hobbies and passions fall by the wayside, sacrifice to work? So I've always had this problem. This doesn't have to do with, like, the full-time job here at the agency, but... I've always had this problem with, like, everything I do, I usually attach it to making some type of money. Sure. So, like, any hobby I pick yeah. up, I find a way to sell it. Anything, yeah. you know, I've been very lucky to start those hobbies that eventually can be serviced. But here recently, in the last few months, again, I, I'm analyzing myself and making myself better, I have picked up a few hobbies that I'm able to do um, that don't have a dollar attached to okay. it. Okay. All right. I did. I got my engagement photos done this week, and... um the girl who took them was one of my employees when I was doing photography full time. And she, she asked me, so she's like, what's going on? Just working? I was like, for the first time in the last five years, <laughs> I can actually talk about things that aren't work. And wow. she was quite shocked. Was she really? Yeah. Yeah. So you want to share what that is? Can you? We can talk about it later. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll save that for later. Nick, yeah. guys. Uh, last one here for uh, Superwoman Superman. Do you feel like you haven't truly earned your title despite numerous degrees and achievements? So you feel pressured to work harder and longer than those around you to prove your worth. Yeah. So by now you can probably tell that number two is the one I completely self-identified with. Okay. Um, I don't feel that I have to work harder and longer to prove my worth, but I do work. And I think uh, you and Christian who's producing this episode with us right now could attest to, I try my best to work very hard for the team so they can work well. Sure. Does that make sense? Sure. So I, it's our job as managers and yours as the owner and anyone who manages people to you should work hard for your team so your team can then work hard to do a good job. Sure, absolutely. And so it's not so much for accolades or achievements, but it's to keep people working. Um, I don't think in regards to titles, I don't think – I don't feel like I haven't earned them. Um, I feel like their thing. Each one, each time I've given it, been given a new title, it's been something to, with plenty of room for me to grow into. Right. Like it's not like, oh yeah, this is perfect for me. It's like, this identifies what I'm doing, but there's so much more that I need to add into it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, we kind of handle titles a little bit differently at the agency too <laughs> yeah, yeah. ourselves. I mean, you know, the the title doesn't really mean anything yeah. internally. I mean, uh, it's just kind of how we've always gone about it. It's the uh, from the outside perspective, though, it's, you know, people want to know who's who and, right. and, you know, what what role is what. and They want to know who to email when who's who right. isn't yeah. doing what they're exactly. doing. Exactly. Yeah. Who's who's the next step up? Um, but, uh, you know, it's what about on the on the degree side? I mean, you you are a prime example of not having um, a four year degree yet. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a four year degree. Um, I've got a couple like start certifications, right. and certificates and things like that for different different technical skills, but I, 
I don't feel any certain way about not having a degree. Uh, I know people who went to college. We graduated the same year in high school. We went to college. They don't have their jobs in their field, or they don't have decent jobs. Um, and I didn't go to college. I started working and networking and working yep. and networking. And I talked about that on another podcast that I'm on uh, last week about like just what that path was like from high school all the way to working in the agency. Sure. And <clears throat> which is interesting but there's a few there's been a few times in the last few years where i've thought to myself like what would happen if we like we have a few rfps where people want the individual person's resume that's working on their project so like right they would want mine yours account manager developer they'd want to see right. all four resumes plus our agency's proposal which in all fairness is way overboard or overkill would be the word but completely agree um but i thought to myself it's like at this point, I've got almost four years of agency experience. I've got well over eight years of managing people because I did that for four years in restaurants and, and retail spots before that. I've got 10-plus years of professional design experience, but I still don't have, like, three initials at the end of my name. I don't have sure. a degree or anything like yep. that. So, it, But it doesn't – so it doesn't – I don't walk around feeling less than. It does mm -hmm. not make me work harder, mm -hmm. but it does – uh, it is it is something I'm aware of, and I know that when it comes time to if that matters to someone, I'm going to have to have that conversation. Yeah, and probably if it matters that much, if someone picks me, picks someone over me because I don't have a degree and they did, probably not like, the right fit, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's not yeah. where I want to be because that's a bun that's going to be the perfectionist, the micromanager. That's exactly yeah. right, and I know we both feel the same way about this because we've we've had several conversations in the past, and we you know as an agency when we're looking for qualifications, it's yeah. who can do the best job. It's not what degree certifications, accolades, and whatnot. It's just you can get the job done, do a great job, and do it better than you know the last person or somebody else. You know, it, it's yours for the taking, right? right? And and that's all that's all that it really comes down to. And you're seeing more and more of that. You know, in in even bigger companies, they're they're lowering the bar of um, you know minimum requirements in terms of degrees and certifications of of what they must have to even be eligible for the job. Right. And there's one, so there's one, one person who's worked with us um, for a brief period who had three initials on their name. Yeah. And they use that as if I have, I have the, like I have X almost in a better than like better than the task they were assigned, you right. know? And now we have another one on the team. And I was, I'm using this as an example because we've really only had two people that I can know of that I can think of. And the people that have been through the doors in the last four years really only had two people who have, who talked about their their degree and things as a way of like oh used it in what their tasks are I'm qualified yeah, yeah yeah exactly and so it was that one who was like I'm overqualified for this task because of these three initials but then we've got one now who's going to be in you know coming into React the React network pretty soon but she's like oh yeah I really want to do that that's what I learned in school like I've got a master's in this and I've never been able to use any of the knowledge I've learned I'm sure. ready to do it yep. like, this is what I need to do yeah so it's like two completely totally opposite different approaches. It's yeah. like I have I have this I'm not doing that yeah but I have this I'm anxious let me do it let me yep. do it let me do it which yep. is interesting not a I deserve to do this either and that, exactly that's, or I'm too good to do that exactly yeah yeah, yep. yeah. interesting but all right, all right cool the natural genius. Are you used to excelling without much effort? Um, in school, absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> grade school, uh, you know, high school, college. I it was just I'd put every effort I possibly had to be a to be a B and C student, um, and it just it that never came to me naturally. Working. 
came to me naturally. Um, and, and I always felt like even pulling, you know, really long hours and, and, you know, strenuous jobs, whatever it may be, that never felt, um, you know, that I, I had to put much effort into it. I just felt like I was good at it. You know, I just, right. I was good at, it was easy. It came naturally. Um, so, uh, you know, I, excelling and I always excelled in those roles. Um, one of the, one of the, uh, moments I was going to talk about with imposter syndrome, uh, you familiar with the fresh market? Yeah. My first actual, I, I first worked at a, a burger joint and I had another uh, small job after that. And then I was able to get into the fresh market and I started as a bagger, um, at 15 and I quickly went into, you know, the ranks, you know, within, within the fresh market at the time. And, and this has been, this has been quite a while, um, cashier. And then I was, I was made a, uh, a front end assistant manager at the age of 16 and they told me you're the youngest person to to ever have this title in in, in all of the fresh markets. I'm like, yeah. okay, great. You know, well, what well, what does that mean? You know, yeah. I didn't I didn't take it for for much at the time. Like it was a just like, pin? You know, yeah, I had a little a little manager pin. <laughs> manager you know? pin, the youngest ever. Yeah, and you know the the funny part about that was it was pretty much the if a customer had a complaint, that's that's the yeah. person. Also uh, now, basically yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing's changed. In nothing, 16. nothing has changed. But uh, you know, it was it was fun to go through that because I I definitely had those moments of, uh, you know, do I do I deserve this? Do, you know, am I supposed to be here? Yeah. And because you've got all these other people that are looking at you that are much much older than I was, right? Going, you know, what the hell he's is he doing here? You know, yeah. I wanted that job or whatever it may be. Um, but you know, you, you just, you overcome that by knowing, Hey, you put in the hard work to get here. You went through, through the right pass. It wasn't just thrown at you. And, um, you know, for any reason, somebody saw something that it, it, it made sense. There's a reason that you're here. Yeah. And so that, that makes me think about, cause I worked for five years in a grocery store, different, different. I never had that like a pen, you know, the label of manager, <laughs> but I was one of the guys who was like, had been there for five years and was just like yeah. always doing something. Yep. And, um, but it made me think, it makes me think about like experiences I had with older people that I work, not older, but like maybe people who are 50 plus, you know, who were working, they had retired from a job and they were like, I know this woman, she was working there just basically to pay for her meds. She's like, okay. my retirement pays for everything. Like I like, I'm, I like working this pays for mine and my husband's meds. <laughs> And, but I can remember her getting upset at younger people because other, it was not, I was never there really. I only worked, I worked 40 hours a week for like two years there, but everything else was kind of part-time while I was doing other things. But I remember this one girl who I worked with, she, she became like an office manager and who's basically in charge of like collecting money and taking money and stuff like that. Well, they got into a tiff one time and this older, older woman I was working with who, probably was like in her early sixties. Like she's like, I'm not, I don't have to take this from a younger person. Like no, basically no younger person should be in charge of me. So, but I was, it made me think like you talking about that makes me think like, is that a form in el- not, yeah. el- that's not elderly. Cause she's still in her sixties, but is that a form of imposter syndrome sure. where it's like, I've, I've done all this stuff. I've done all this stuff. How dare, like I can't, I'm, I'm way more qualified or way more experienced in life to take advice from someone who's young, sure. which I'm sure you experience. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gosh, you know, yeah. when you have to, when you have to tell someone yep. that your customer is right, you're wrong. You know, no one likes being told they're wrong. But I, right. I would be it's just a little mental note for me to go back and look at that. I'd be interested to see. Is that, it's almost like, is that reverse imposter yeah. syndrome in that scenario? It could, it could be, but it's also, it, I guess that would be what it is. It's 15. That was, 
that was probably 13, 12, 13 years ago. And yep. it, uh, so, I mean, mental health wasn't big on our no. radar oh, gosh, no. here in America yeah, at sure. that point, yep. especially not to people, you know, of that age demographic who yep. had come up from the 40s and 50s. I'm going to keep this moving here. Next uh, question, Natural Genius. Do you have a track record of getting straight A's or gold stars in everything that you do? No. I failed art class. I'm a kick-ass designer, and I failed art <laughs> you class. You failed art class? It's I think that's I the first time I've heard that. It's because I didn't do the work. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. The girl, right. the woman knew me. Um, can't remember her name now. Uh, she's from my hometown. But she knew me and wanted me to take the class because she wanted her t- other students to learn from me. And then she bas- she all but told me to stop coming. Wow. Because I was doing so bad. Wow. Okay. She's like, we'll just, we had, we would meet and talk like at the coffee shop local and stuff like that. And, I'm, and this was, I was spending a lot of time downtown where I grew up. And she's like, we'll just, she's like, I don't know what I was thinking. It's like, <laughs> just make, I I don't know what's going on. So anyway, I get, right. my, I get my assignments done now. If you're a client listening, we get our assignments done. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Out, yeah. In college. That definitely was not me. I had not, not no, the case. no, no straight age high school. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff. So, um, were you told frequently as a child that you were the smart one in your family or peer group? I was told that I was the one that thought I knew everything. Uh, do you still hear that today? Yeah. Okay. Spencer has to be right. Spencer has so to be right. So that's why in, in all seriousness, you know, a lot of times we do joke about it, but you know, I lean towards, uh, number three, the natural genius on this one. And it's not, right. You you have adjusted your approach to this over the years where it's, you know, uh, I guess toned down the arrogance of it yeah. of like and and I don't, you know, again, it, that's not something that you haven't heard before. Um, but, you know, it's brought that brought that down. So it's like, hey, <laughs> and it's if anybody that knows you, ninety nine point nine five percent of the time you are correct in that scenario or yeah. have the right answer to it or whatever it may be. So it's a. You know, there's always a level, I think, of people going, okay, well, I know he's probably almost exactly right yeah. on this, but, you know, how do, how, do I, uh, well, how do I approach that? That's like I don't – I've really tried to train myself to not speak unless I know I'm right or not get into something yeah. unless I yeah. know. Like, this is off, a little bit off topic from agency world, but uh, one, of the, one of the organizations that I volunteer with outside of the agency is based on ECU's campus, which is – if you're not familiar with Greenville, East Carolina University is the university here and uh, where we're where we're located in our town. Yeah, Chris's shirt Got it right on there. today. Got it yeah. on today, Chris. Chris's shirt right there. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I we were all talking and it's basically just like things to be aware of and things to be thinking forward to and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, we really need to be paying attention to the coronavirus stuff. And whether you believe it's a big deal or not a big deal, the the rest of the globe is paying attention. So just right. paying attention, basically, sure. you yeah. know. And it's on a it's on a college campus. There's students from all over the country. There's stu- there's students from abroad. There's students here who are here on a work study. Like this is stuff that could we don't know how far this is. So if a the whole a whole nation is quarantined and there's 50 students here with their parents, you know, like that's something to be aware of. Yeah, and yeah. be kind of not sensitive to, but just have express empathy towards not knowing. Right. And everybody just, oh, they laughed at me like, yeah, you heard of the flu? Like, yes, I've heard of the fucking flu. <laughs> but at the end of the day, this is, I was like, you can still, like, you can t- get your flu shot and still give a shit about what's going on in the rest of the world. Yeah, that's right. Including yep. here now. Well, yesterday, day before yesterday, it was on the news, 200 ECU students have been um, brought from Italy in quarantine on ECU's campus. No way. Not being allowed to go home. 
because of the coronavirus. So wow. it's like y'all are all y'all are all laughing at me. <laughs> I'm not being a crazy person. Yeah, that's right. I'm just thinking yeah. about like the world is not that big of a place. No, it's re- it's really not. And and uh, it's there's a difference between just being you know attentive to to that and understanding truly what it is, and because of all the unknowns yeah. versus uh, going into hysterics right. about it. So right. Um. All right, next one. Do you dislike the idea of having a mentor because you can handle things on your own? Um, I have a couple mentors. I don't consider them, I don't, wouldn't call them that, but they're people who I enjoy talking with and learning from just by stories they've told. Um, for the most part, I do feel like I can handle things on my own, though. So I guess yeah. I would say that's Yeah, like, I would agree with that, too. And yeah. I actually, it's funny you say that. I wouldn't identify the probably three people um, as as mentors. I guess you technically could classify them that. I've never yeah. called them that. But, um, you know, I do the same. I always feel like, and I, I always have been able to, for the most part, handle things on my own, um, but certainly not afraid to reach out in an instance of like, hey, what's your, have you ever experienced this or what's your, what have you gone through that maybe I could use in what I'm doing right, right, right now? And I think that's, an, that's a whole other topic in itself that we can talk about and having, like, do you need a mentor? Because yeah. that's a question a lot of people are asking. Do I need a mentor? But it's also under like you hit you kind of hit the nail on the head in how I look at it. Like I I have people who I trust and who are way more successful than I'll probably ever be. Sure. Quite look because the world's just not built that sure. way anymore. Yep. And but going and sitting and just not even asking any questions, just like going to breakfast or going to lunch, oh, gosh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, like and just listening or like starting something and getting them talking. Like you don't have to. If you ask a question, it's going to be something that makes no sense because it doesn't make sense because you have, like, a lot of what makes people more successful than you are is habits. I think that brings up uh, something really cool that I've definitely done over the years and and just being being around, uh, you know, people like that, understanding understanding what they're talking about without actually – inserting or asserting yourself into it because you you probably don't have anything to add to it but right um asserting yourself to be in those situations and in those environments where you are going to pick up on all these little nuances and and tidbits of information that you could use you know down the road yeah i remember it's this is a just a funny little story but i remember i was talking with one of uh this fellow that I've mentioned to you a couple times but one of my friends who's extremely successful in, in the triple comma club and he he was telling me a story about being at a university uh, and uh, for a benefit, like a dinner or something sure. like that. And one of my other friends was there, and he was telling me, he's like, yeah, he was here with me, and he forgot his pants. He forgot his pants when he came. <laughs> he like, wore jeans and forgot his, he forgot his slacks. Yeah. So I told him, like, I mean, these are like, we're sitting in a literal mansion at this moment, yeah. you know. And and he's like, so I told him, just run down to Walmart and get you a pair real quick. And and he's like, I'm not going to Walmart and getting me no fucking pair of pants. He's like, just go to, he's like, this. Is, he's telling me a story. He's like, just go to Walmart and get a pair of pants. Ain't nobody going to know. Nobody's going to care. <laughs> he's like, I'm not doing that. He's like, so they had somebody drive him pants for like an hour and a half away. Wow. And he's like, but before you get there, I just got him in the car. And we, where did we go? Went to fucking Walmart. I went there and bought him pants and threw them at him. And he put them on and went. And, and I was like, I'm just sitting there like, this is interesting. And he said, he's like, but you know why? And the other guy, not the guy who yeah, in the triple yeah. comic club. He's like, you know why he does that? After he left. And I was like, no. He's like, because he has a motto. Him, him and his family have a motto. And it's wealth wealth whispers. He's like, and they didn't make it up. Everybody says it. He's like, but wealth whispers. And he's like, in that moment, he's like, 
he could have bought me a pair of pants. He could have bought me a whole suit. We could have flown somewhere, bought him, and had enough time to get back mm-hmm. and not skip mm-hmm. the beat. He's like, but end of the day, all I needed to solve my problem was an eight dollar pair of pants from from Walmart. And uh, ever since that day, I bought my pants at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Your socks too. Uh, yeah, I do buy new socks from there every okay. week. Cool. In bulk. Yep. Hey, I stopped buying two hundred dollars. I stopped buying two hundred dollars sneakers so I could start buying nine dollar pair of socks to support every week. the sock game. Yep. Okay. Cool. Every week. So if you're that's cool. If you're a sock manufacturer and you want somebody to rep them, I'll rep them this once. This guy right here. Yeah. So if you, <laughs> I'll rep them once <laughs> and give a thorough review on them and then just give them back. Maybe we need to uh, come up with some some red shark uh, on RSD apparel socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Socks for you. And, they would just go. all go to me. Maybe just, just supplying just them to the dispenser. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you've uh, when you're faced with a setback, does your confidence tumble because not performing well provokes a feeling of shame? No, that's not me. Yeah, I would definitely say that's no. not me, and and uh, I I totally agree there. That's you just can't. I mean, it just goes back to you know you cannot move forward. I mean, we have tumbles and setbacks all the time, especially in this business. I mean, oh, yeah. you know. Um, just like the email you just got a few minutes ago. Yeah, exactly. You know, and just, you know, it just, it you expect it. So you're already prepared for it and you know how to overcome it. And it doesn't throw off your entire day or your moment or whatever it may be. And you just, you have to keep moving forward. Um, I think that there's, like with the team, I've worked a lot harder recently to keep a positive outlook on things. Sure. Like I'm very or much a realist, but I remember uh, in reference to that email that we just got, uh-huh. or you just got the. Uh, I remember one day the dev was having like, like. I thought I've never thought this about somebody or anything, and I told this to him to, to his face. But if we were in like a high rise or something, like this was like his jump out a window moment. <laughs> like, quite, I don't mean to laugh because it's it's very serious i know yeah, what you're but, talking about but like i've never seen someone this is a saturday afternoon we're already working on the weekend yeah you know it's like three o'clock we've been there since six or seven we got there at seven that morning and i've never seen someone so visibly stressed and like in the movies like you in cartoons like people rip their hair out like yeah. i've never seen that in anyone and set for that moment and i was like okay you know like but this is it yeah, yeah. and then i was like just, and you, I was like, get up, walk around for 10 or 15 seconds. And then I was like, not, you know, just sit back down. And I was like, look, we just got to get done. Yeah. Like we've just got to be done. It doesn't have to be perfect. Got to be done. And this needs to, this needs to change. Like not needs to change, but your overall, your, your approach to this, like you're allowing this to have so much control over you and we're going to be done with it. And I was like, we can't allow this to have, you know, we can't allow us to have this type of control over us because how strong are we mentally to allow That's this, right. this project yep. to go? Now, he didn't know that I'd already been at that moment like three times, but they came, <laughs> I, I hit those, I hit those, yeah, I hit those moments by myself, yep. you know, and I didn't have any choice but to keep going. Yep. But that wasn't like a super like fun, frill, like be positive, be positive. But it's like, it was overall keeping, getting the mindset back to being positive. The image and perception right. that we always push to the team in this very instance, and especially to that, to that specific dev was, you know, here's the finish line. Do not forget that we have, we have drawn a finish yeah. line. It is within sight, you yep. know, just do, do what is needed to complete it to a, a you know, a right. good enough standpoint because, Hey, we, we have a team have come together and said, here's our finish line. Yeah. We got this. And he came, he came up to me later that afternoon um, and said, he's like, man, I just don't, he's like, I don't know how you do it. He's like, I don't know how, I don't know how, like you, I was like, because you have to, 
you have to allow yourself to freak out. You know, like sure. yesterday morning leadership. Sure. Like yeah, yesterday absolutely. morning leadership. Yeah. I was you, like, you have to. Like you, like I won't say. I won't say. I don't even know what you would say. Like you. I'm, you, I'm ex- for those express, not listening. You express like, frustration, maybe. Yeah, express yeah. frustration. Yeah, and, and most and if, for anybody that knows me, I'm you know yeah. a very low key person, and and it is it takes a lot for me to get built up and express any frustration. Right. I'm I'm very good at holding that in and and finding ways to dissolve it. Whether that's always been good or bad, you know, it's it it helps in a lot of scenarios. It's bad in a lot of scenarios. So my my immediate reaction. So Jason actually said it. Jason, our CFO, he actually said, um, "Good, I love it." But that was like my immediate reaction. I was like, it was not to, like I didn't. Our responses back weren't like met. Like you weren't met with frustration. You know, my <laughs> thought was like, finally, like. Thank you, Chris. That was Jay's too. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's like Jay's on Jay's on the outside, just come on like rooting. Like yeah, I, think, I think I just I think I just sat back and I was like, I'm like pouring, yeah. you know, pouring pouring uh, frustration out and and just in general and uh, anyways. But. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. But it's just and that maybe that is transparency too. Like yeah. a whole other episode. Yep. But um, last question on natural genius, and then we'll keep rolling. Do you often avoid challenges because it's so uncomfortable to try something you're not great at? I personally can say no to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's been a ton of times, even with this agency, that we've taken projects we've never done before. We've yep. taken clients we've yep. never worked with before. We've taken even projects of magnitude that we don't know how we're going to do, but we figure it out because that's what we do. We create solutions. That's part of the fun of what we do and the challenge that I think both uh, you and I seek on a daily basis of of avoiding boredom, too. Right. You know, it's like, hey yeah. – there's to this date really I can't think of anything that we've literally not been able to figure out solving yeah. in some capacity. So it's like a yeah, let's bring it on. Like we seek right. that out, and that, I think that's honestly one of the things that gives us an edge as an agency. And uh, you know, bidding up against somebody else or what? Um, in in a, a proposal scenario is just like hey, we're we're, we're aggressive. Yeah. We're gonna go get it. And in that instance, it talk we talk about we talked about this in the first episode. I think like you need to know your value and be able to sell your value, but also know what part of the solution you are. So it's understanding if you aren't in a solution. So like we may be able to solve a problem and we can solve this problem and our, like we can ideate through it. We can design it, but maybe our in-house devs aren't the ones that can build it because it's a certain way it has to be built. But we were the solution that the client needed and we found the solution that we needed. Like we had a problem, we fixed our problem and we gave the client what they need. So just yep. understand yep. that same way with entrepreneurship, it's like you play off the strength of your team that's around you. Um, and that's the thing. The first thing you do is you hire people smarter than you and what that's you're not, right. you know. Very much so. Anyway, the soloist. For years. Number four. Do you firmly feel that you need to accomplish things on your own? I really don't think so. I mean, exactly what we we just ended with there. Um, you know, you accomplish things as a team. Right. Um, and and one of the things that, you know, I've I've always tried really hard to do is that when when we get to those points and we do have an accomplishment or an accolade or uh, whatever it may be, that it's it's the team that did it. You know, it's not, hey, you know, just because I'm at the top of that totem pole that it's not that person that did it. The, the team underneath you did it. Right. right. And, and that's important for for overall team morale because they know that, too. Right. And yeah. but at the same time, they know, you know, none of that would happen without both both roles, both sides of that. So um, I short answer. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm I would agree. I'm big on the royal. We even if it's something I didn't touch, we did it. And if it's something that I'm the only one who touched it, we did it. Yeah. You know, like end of the day, especially with the agency, Red Shark's name is on everything that I touch. 
So Red Shark did it. Yeah. You know, actually, a uh, quick example of this is we had an opportunity come about to uh, a local organization that is promoting growth in our area um, that reached out. And, and my response was more, while I deeply personally care, and I know you do too, um, deeply personally care <laughs> for the most part <laughs> of the overall growth of our city, the county, you know, the, the areas that we're in because it helps everybody as a whole. And obviously there's a trickle down effect to us too. Um, you know, I, I always position that, you know, within my emails, my phone calls, and, the, and even the meetings that it, this is a we, this is an entire team. This is how we all feel about this. Right. Um, anyway, it's just one example of that. You know, yeah. it's, and it's true. I mean, it's, a, it's always a we effort. I find myself feeling weird when I say I. Yeah. Lately, same. Especially when it comes to like a client. Because yep. I had to say that recently with a client who momentum is dwindling. And I, I had to say, I feel this way. Sure. I think we need to do this. I think we need to do that. Like we as the team of client and vendor, it, but it was, it, it felt unnatural. Well, in that instance, so you've also established uh, a ton of credibility, whether they would, would admit it at that point or not, you had enough credibility to be able to say that. Right. And, and it, it sound like something. Yeah. So next on soloist, I don't need anyone's help. Does this sound like you? I don't need anyone's help. Um, I would say for the longest time, I always kind of took that approach of I've got this on my own. I don't need anybody's help. And, and I continued to, to prove it to myself. It was, um, a variety of reasons. Now thinking back to it, and it's the first time I've actually really dug into that thought in, in quite a long time. But, um, I had so many instances of, you know, like beginning this and I had, I had a few other businesses before and starting the agency, but it just felt like there wasn't help there or help was denied or turned down or whatever it may be. So I, I then went into this like, okay, you know, suit up, helmet on, right. this is all you, you know, you got to make this happen. There is not help out there. Don't assume that there's help out there. And you know, I, okay, I don't need it. I got this. I'm going to yeah. go at it. While that's not, it's taken me several years to figure out that that's not actually true. There's a lot of help out there in, in a variety of ways. Um, and, and I know that especially with a great team around you too, and t from an internal aspect is um, I am certainly not afraid to ask for help because there's, there's much smarter people in different aspects of, of our business than me. Right. I would say subconsciously, I, I don't think that you, like you don't put off that, that person, like this yep. particular personality trait. However, I would say that for me, subconsciously, that's where I start. Like that's where I'll end up at. Sure. So like I can, I can say like I I will say I need you to help me. I need help with this. I can't do this by myself. We need to do this as a team, even in my personal life. But at the end of the day, like I will hit that roadblock, and it's like I don't need it by myself. I can do this, and I'll just. I'll go and yeah. do it all, you know. Yeah, on a it's funny you say that on a personal side. Like I, I love with what we do here, um, at at my house. I love to just I love to get my hands dirty, like work in the yard, build something, like anything. It's just out of the norm of what we do here. Like right. just thoroughly enjoying. It. It's almost like therapy. But I'll I'll tackle something way too big for me to do by myself. But yeah. I'm adamant I got it right. Yeah. And then I'll I. Uh, my dad lives about two and a half miles away from me and, you know, we'll see each other. He'll come by in a week or two or whatever and, and see what I did and whatnot. And he's like, dude, what the hell? I'm right here. Why yeah. would you not call me to, to yeah. help you with that? And I'm like, well, you know, I decided to struggle and, and sweat my ass off. And, you right. know, I got a couple of bruises over here and, but Hey, I did it. Yeah. So I need, I needed this. Yeah. I needed this. Yeah. Yep. And then this last one, 
I didn't understand this. Maybe you can make heads or tails of it. Um, I challenged, I struggled with it. Do you frame requests in terms of the requirements of the project rather than your needs as a person? Frame requests in terms of the requirements of the project rather than the needs as a person. Um, I, I think that's uh, more or less trying to position the project or the direction of the project not in what it needs, but as what you needs, what you need, like what would make you better or what would make you appear better or right. um, successful or that, that you've that you've reached the goal or whatever it may be versus putting the priorities of what actually has to happen within the project for it to be the best, not how you're going to yeah. turn out. Yeah, that's that's kind of how like you're you prioritize a project over yourself. Right. That's kind of how I thought right. about it. Yeah, I would. I mean. I don't think that we've ever done that. I mean, yeah. it's it's just a that you back to you know putting the client the project first and making sure that's successful. And it's just like, hey, we're we're the ones that are running through the trenches yeah. to make sure that it's successful. We don't necessarily care how much dirt we have on us when we come out. Right. All right. Last one. The expert. Do you shy away from applying to job postings unless you meet every single educational requirement? So this this so plays off of, yeah plays off what I was talking about with men and women and I need to go back and find that information so I can share more detailed items when we re, when we revisit this for more like stories around imposter syndrome but I I think I think there's I mean I I don't have any reason to to really question that data that men will go after sixty percent if they meet sixty women won't go after it unless they meet a hundred percent like I have I have girls who are friends or female friends who are extremely on the perfectionist side. I mean, they're like beyond focused and beyond and, and beyond capable of anything, but they're, they've held themselves back because of them feeling like they're not adequate enough in a certain area. I've got other friends. I've got guy friends who are like, you know, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but quite literally duds and they found success because they just, they just go they for it. it. Yeah, they go for it. Like, yeah. oh, oh, I mean, sixty percent, and I just fake it till they make it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, but I wonder if that actually goes into you know the reason. It, it usually, typically, at some point, that is something that they'll eventually be identified for in that role. Like, right. depending on who the company or organization that they're with, they're gonna see eventually the true colors and go, well, yeah, they're about fifty percent here. Yeah. And then it's up to that company or organization to go, do we accept that? Right. Or do we move on from it? Yeah, and I think, I think so. I think there, there's always that time when you realize like we've had that time. We've had people, like we had one particular person who was super qualified for the job we were hiring, and we found out that they were basically lying the entire time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's you know when we uh, unfortunately we found that out when we had forty projects in the queue and three weeks to get them all right done. Right when we and, needed it most. Yeah, and at Christmas and yep. <laughs> New Year's. Oh and yeah, we just fun times. We basically had to have that. Well, you had that conversation of like, look, we know you're not, we know you're not even nearly you're like remotely qualified for this job. So see you later. Yeah, and yeah. we, you know, we got it done going back and fixing what had been done and then the new projects. Uh, next one, are you constantly seeking out trainings or certifications because you think you need to improve your skills in order to succeed? No. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> uh, we touched on that earlier, so I don't I don't think we need to elaborate yeah. a ton on that. But, I mean, it's just, I don't know, it goes back to the whole, you know, if, if you know how to do it, what to do, and proven, 
credibility. Yeah. Not so proven credibility on a piece of paper. Really, really quick story time on this one. I know a fella. I uh, grew up with him who was in the volunteer fire department. And he went to all the trainings, everything they had, and got all these certifications that volunteers were allowed to go to okay. different communities, different even states, even. And then he went to try he because he was trying to do all these things to make himself seem qualified and sure. validate himself because he didn't have a job with the real fire department. And I say real because like a government funded one. Sure. And he, so he left. He, he still was in the volunteer fire department. He went to apply to the actual fire department in our community, got turned down over somebody who had no experience and no accolades. So he's like, well, I got to get more. Went and got more. And then he went back and applied again, and they didn't hire him. Went back a third time, and they basically told him, he's like, we're not hiring you because of all these certificates. He's like, let, and then one of the guys told him, one of the chiefs told him, like, on, off to the side who knew him. He's like, look, we know you're a good fireman. He's like, but the the people who make these decisions, they don't want somebody with certifications. Sure. He's like, so next time you apply, either do it after this stuff has expired or do it without all the stuff on it, and you probably will get further. Wow. And it's, it's basically like, but for him, like, I can label that as imposter syndrome and not, you know, not diagnose him or anything because it's not that le- yeah, that level right, of right. a syndrome. But he had an imposter syndrome and not feeling good, like feeling like he had to have that to be qualified yeah. and not feeling qualified enough. Yeah, that's a great example. And they basically like that. He was hurting himself by doing that. Wow. So it's just pretty interesting. Well, I mean, it goes back to, uh, you know, you see it so many times with people that go through college, go through school and they come out with a degree and, not only are they not able to find a job and you know what they went to school for, they couldn't they can't find a job that does anything that'll pay their bills, right? right. So what oh, do yeah. they what do they do? Yep. What do they do next? Go they, back to school. They're right, they go back. Yep. It's like, okay, well, I've got nothing else. Super easy to get a loan. Uh let me jump right back into school and, yeah. and keep going at this. And maybe my maybe my next certificate or diploma or whatever is gonna get me where I need to be. And they keep going. And they just keep on going. Yep. yep. All right. Last two. Uh, last two. Even if you've been in your role for some time, can you relate to feeling like you still don't know enough? Um, I personally feel this way on a couple different things. Not not as underlying all the time, but when we meet with clients. So we've got a couple clients who have like 20 years of marketing experience, mm-hmm. and they are a CMO of a 500 to 1,000 person company. And I'm sitting across the table running discovery for them. Right. Like that's a little bit, that's not imposter syndrome in regards to like me being able to do my job, being able to live my life, you know, um, in a fulfilling way. It's in that moment. It's, you've, it's a little intimidating. Yeah. You've, right? you've paid us, but yeah. me a lot of money to be here and solve problems you can't solve yet probably a hour-long lunch with you will help me solve all of my problems. <laughs> so, so it's like, you know, you think about that and you're, uh, it's like. But you can't say that. Yeah, right? you can't, well, you know, you can't say that. No, you can't. Most of, most of, most people I've found in, that, in those roles, though, they've been relatively humble and excited about a fresh way of looking at things. Yeah. So it's a way to kind of blend the two. So like we've got a way of facilitating a meeting that may may surface issues that they know are there and they've solved in the past Mm -hmm. yet we can surface them and get them done a little bit easier. Okay, cool. Uh, last one on, uh, the expert here. Do you shudder when someone says you're an expert? I wouldn't say shudder. Um, depends on the the topic, I guess. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to designing something that works quickly, I think I would consider myself an expert because I've Everything I've ever done has been under under a six hour timeline. Sure, you know, yeah. like it's always been a 
we need this done tomorrow. We need this done tomorrow. Just now, like since I've started, like in the last few years, when I've started taking over timelines, have we really have I doubled? Like I, I, I doubled our timeline. Like we went from six weeks to yeah. to three three month minimum. I mean, yeah, three month minimum to allow people the time to do a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, and we yep. we now charge enough to get there and stuff like that. You know, make it make it worth it for us to allow things to go for three months. But I wouldn't shudder. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, but and at the same time, I certainly don't uh, shudder away from it. But, uh, you know, in our industry, things change literally daily. And and if if you're not keeping up with every little thing, I mean, you very quickly can can fall behind and and certainly, you know, in in your own eyes, not necessarily classify yourself as an expert in a certain area unless you're just on top of everything all the time. Yeah, in the dev world. In the dev world, I've pretty much accepted that we're never going to know it all. Yeah. Like, no one's going to know it all. So when I'm sitting with someone and I'm like, okay, answering questions with a client or on the phone or whatever, and that I can tell that they are reading 10 questions to ask your web designer, 10 questions right, to ask your right, web right. I can tell yeah. they're just reading that off of a list somewhere. I'm answering it to the best of my abilities, and sometimes I kind of I answer it in a way that it's not the answer that was written. In that question and question there, but it was more information that that question gave. So, like an example would be, we want to have a homepage video. Okay, well, how's that going to work on mobile? You know, or what do y'all do for that with mobile? Um, well, if you'd asked me two weeks ago, I would have told you we make a portrait-sized GIF that yep. plays, and the GIF plays over the video when it's coming from cellular data, right? Or um, Wi-Fi. If it's coming from that that particular screen size, it plays the GIF over the video. And but now, App, Apple has lessened its restrict restrictions on um, JavaScript. So now we can play a video and autoplay a video on mobile. So now we just need to make sure the video looks good. Sure, looking at a, a 1080 by 1920 file size canvas. is correct. Exactly. Right. So, but if you if someone would have told me that, well, actually, you can play those videos, they would have known more in that moment. Yeah. My ability to give them a product that converts their customers has not changed. Yep. That one specific attribute that they know about that just came out two weeks ago that sure. I didn't does yeah. not re- <laughs> does not reduce my credibility to do their job. That's right. Do That's the job. Right. So it's like things like that maybe are like a tactic. Like when we first learned about in-stream advertising and mm-hmm. shit like that. Like yep. those are things that like we can't do our jobs and also read trend papers all day long. No, it's just impossible. You know, it's like oh yeah. we, oh Google does that. Yeah, we can take care of that no problem. And then we. We call our Google rep and we learn about it. We set up, we go. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, I think it's been good, Spencer. Uh, this is, uh, as you mentioned at the beginning, part one of uh, the imposter syndrome. So I think right. today we've done a pretty good job at uh, identifying, uh, defining what it is, and then also uh, identifying the the five different types. So the perfectionist, the superwoman, superman, the natural genius, the soloist, and the expert. And what are we going to do on part two? Part two, we're going to talk about times in our careers slash lives when we felt ex- imposter syndrome. Either either we knew them at the time that it was imposter syndrome and we learned from it or look learning this information, we can find it then sure. and how we would have handled differently. Yeah, and I think that'll help uh, others also identify uh, the same way. So, And that's going to be in two weeks. Cool. Perfect. Next week, next week we have a special guest who's going to quiz me myself and you on marketing Ooh. information Ooh. they have they have 45 questions to ask both oh you boy, and i 45 questions <laughs> yeah so we've okay. got li- we've got to limit ourselves to one minute per an- per answer christian can we get a uh get a timer on that one on that next one just you know an old-fashioned yeah. okay cool and a good like egg timer so it dings 
Old fashioned ding every yep. time. Ding, time up when you stop talking right then. Yeah. Done. Sounds good. See you next time. Thank you. basement is a react radio production all contents are filmed and edited in the react studio for past episodes as well as our sister shows check out reactradioNC.com. thanks for listening